Hi, welcome back. Um, I'm Shoshana, AKC RVC Bard. Uh, it took a little longer than I expected, but I'm on a full stomach now, so I can uh, focus a bit better on something other than how hungry I am. And uh, this is me continuing this series on horror and holiness. And now we're going to delve into the incident regarding um, Aaron's sons who were consumed by fire. So, um, I'm just going to jump right into it and uh, take a look at what Vayikra yeah, or uh, Leviticus has to say about them. We're looking at Leviticus uh, chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 and it says, Now Aaron's sons Nadab and Abihu each took his fire pan, put fire in it, and laid incense on it. And they offered before the Lord alien fire, which he had not enjoined upon them. And the fire came forth from the Lord and consumed them. Thus they died at the instance of the Lord. Now, when reading this passage, a lot of people immediately jump to the conclusion that Nadab and Abihu must have done something wrong, or uh, that's, you know that they were drunk, or that they were making the wrong kind of offering, or you know somehow some crucial instruction wasn't followed, and so they were essentially killed by their own carelessness or stupidity. You know, like in a horror movie when like um you know there's the the big sign that says, you know, do not enter house haunted and people go in there anyway. There you go. So you know, it's, so it's, you know, we were you know, really hitting all the horror movie tropes in a way. Now because you know, like jokes aside about, you know, people being stupid in horror movies, um, this does sound familiar, right? Then we come across you know, we come across something like this, uh a similar sentiment somewhere else and we hear it in the book of uh, Eov in the book of Job when uh, Job gets afflicted every which way and the first thing his friends do his well his so-called friends do is say that he must have done something to deserve his suffering but he didn't <laughs> um, the whole point I mean the whole thing got started because he didn't do anything to deserve it and in that vein, I'm not sure um, we should be looking for reasons to blame the Dob and the Bihu for their own fate. Um, maybe in a roundabout way, I guess, if you uh, if they maybe they may be over eager or something, but there's nothing in the text that says they were. Um, like despoiling the altar or anything like that um and also you know how about you know instead of like kind of excusing the horror you know or just you know but let, let's not turn away from the horror you know let's not make excuses for it let, let, let's really face and unpack this thing um so let, let's do that so i'm going to pivot for a second and um share another situation that kind of reminds me of what happens to the uh, Nadab and Abinu. Um, basically another situation in which a mortal, uh, a human being was burnt to a crisp in the presence of a divine being. Um, now, you might want to brush off your bullfinch's mythology, but how much do you remember about Greek, Greek mythology? Um, there's this story about Zeus and Semele. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
Now, for those who don't recall or haven't seen Clash of the Titans, Zeus is the king of the Olympian gods. You know, father of gods and men, god of the sky, you know, the one who hurls lightning bolts and uh, generally sleeps with anything that moves despite his super jealous sister wife Hera. And Semele is uh, well, where I was a mortal woman, uh, one of Zeus's many, many lovers, who, you know, of course, she gets knocked up and becomes pregnant with Dionysus. Um, in that story, long story short, uh, Hera, the goddess Hera, tricks her into asking Zeus to reveal his true divine form. Um, and this puts Zeus in a bind because before this, Zeus promised on the river Styx to do anything she asked. And th there's no backing out for him. So he showed himself in his full godly splendor. Then she burst into flames and died. Um, and because of this, Zeus has to carry the prenatal Dionysus in his thigh until the baby came to term. It's sort of like he did for Athena in his head. Um, now, I've never seen someone get set on fire before, but I can imagine it's rather horrific, especially if it's, if it's to someone you care about. And in this incident with um, the Dab and the Binu, and simile, you know, I can only hope that they, that, that when they were burned, that it happened so quickly that their brains didn't register the searing, white-hot, agonizing pain. Um, I, just, I just hope it was over quickly. It's pretty much I can, all I can wish for. Um, now, watching someone spontaneously combust is horror enough, but as I keep asking, you know, what is the nature of the horror? True, there you know, there's true, true, there is the immediate physical threat of being burnt alive. No one is going to deny that. But one of the reasons why the passages like this are so baffling is, is that there just seems to be a divine mystery at the heart of this. And, and also a kind of warning. And that whole idea of like, seeing things or witnessing things or encountering things that you're not equipped to handle reminds me of cosmic horror. Now, H.P. Lovecraft um, usually gets credited for creating cosmic horror. But I believe that people have been wrestling with similar feelings and ideas for, for much longer than that. Um, there's this video on YouTube, um, it's called Why Cosmic Horror is Hard to Make. And the, um, and the creator, you know, says, you know, beyond the monsters and the violence and the danger, this horror is about the awareness of the limits of humanity. What is the limit of our humanity? What happens when you go beyond it? If something is hard to think about, it's hard to verbalize. And if it's hard to verbalize, then it's near impossible to show. Um, and there's this other YouTube video that, uh, that's called Why Games Do Cthulhu Wrong. Um, 
now this is from a gaming perspective but there's a critical point about like the nature of Cthulhu and what makes Cthulhu scary and they say Cthulhu isn't a creature it's an idea an existential terror Cthulhu represents our fear of the possibility of our own human smallness Cthulhu presents us with the revelation of forces that are so much larger than us that they're beyond our control or even our understanding. The fear in Cthulhu is how it shatters our fundamental understanding of our own importance in the universe. To look on Cthulhu is to go mad. The fear in Cthulhu is not that it's powerful, it's that it's powerful on a scale that we can't comprehend. We have no way of knowing its unknowable vastness and illimitable power to our own mortal abilities. Wow, right? So, there's this one, let's, let's look at this one little piece that says, to look on Cthulhu is to go mad. Now, doesn't that sound a little familiar? You know, doesn't it sound kind of like when God tells Moses, you cannot see my face, for no man may, for man may not see me and live. Wow, and, and you know, so, so here we are, we're confronting the limitations of our own human capacity to even imagine, let alone know what, what's beyond us. Um, and God, so God says this, you know, like the, the sheer raw power of God, it's like that whole business about the Mishkan and God wanting a physical place to dwell among human beings. God doesn't need that. God's everywhere or as I see it everywhere is in within, is within God um, the tent and the altar the incense and all that that's that's for us it's making God accessible in a way that our frail finite human selves find bearable and you know with all that in mind with that aspect in with the, the cosmic horror in mind what is what what, what could be going on with Nadab and Abihu. Um, there, are, there are many valid interpretations of it, but um, from a cosmic horror angle, maybe they got a glimpse of God, quote unquote, naked. That is, God is God truly is, not just the parts us puny humans can handle. When Nadab and Abihu made their offerings, it might have opened up something inside them and they had an instant of a vision of you know what we call Ein Sof, you know the endless and being puny humans the Dab and the Binu would have been mentally and physically destroyed by the experience um, to draw a line to the previous recording you know the, the consuming fire is what happens when you go beyond what you can imagine and, and you know you you can't get it's it's hard to get much more you know Lovecrafty or, or cosmic horror or existential dread than that. Um. Okay, so that wraps up this part of my study of horror and holiness. Um, I plan to get to Ezekiel's vision and the four sages who entered paradise, but it's past. It's going on four thirty in the morning, and I'm pretty tired. Um, if I get enough sleep, I'll see if I can wrap this up before Shabbat, but I make no promises. Um, however, I do hope you're enjoying it so far. 
Um, thank you so, so much for listening and sharing. And I'll be back soon. Thank you.